Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day guys. There aren't enough words to describe the upheaval, the uncertainty and the scale of what's actually happening around the world right now. As I record this episode on the 26th of March in 2020, I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that this time next year in 2021 that we're well and truly through what is an absolutely life-changing experience for all of us. You know what you have to do to prevent the spread, so stay isolated, lock down and do your part to help yourself and everybody that you hold close through this. Like you, I'm relying on you as you are me and we're both relying on people that we've never met to do the right thing and stay apart and stay isolated. So if you are looking for support, we're trying to do the best we can over uh, at the Australian Seller Facebook group as Amazon sellers and as humans. So please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook to join the Australian Seller Facebook family. Anyway, on today's episode, I welcome back John Cavendish from Ecom DNA, and we discuss the latest from the crisis as well as try our best, I guess, to offer practical and positive tips to get through as Amazon sellers through this experience. Uh, especially if your Amazon business is really struggling like mine. So let's get on with the show. to get you on today because you're English and you're very level-headed and that's a good thing in a time of crisis. So uh, obviously we're in the middle of a crisis but I just wanted to say thanks for coming on. Uh, Where are you right now and how are you? Hey Chris, thanks for having me. I'm not sure if all English people are super level-headed but um, no, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm in um, Vietnam at the moment. I actually just got back here a few weeks ago just before they kind of locked down the borders. So now I'm in Vietnam for the foreseeable future. All right. So can you get out or are you really genuinely stuck there? Um, I'm not sure. I think in theory it's possible, although I'm pretty sure they've closed all the inbound flights. But no, I don't want to get out. I just got married and uh, I've got a long-term visa here. So actually it's a great place to be. That's fantastic. And congratulations as well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wasn't exactly what we imagined being that our uh, Vietnamese wedding was supposed to be last week and our Vietnamese Mm -hmm. wedding was supposed to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. in uh, northern Vietnam so you know basically we we called everything off a few weeks ago when it looked like you know it might be an over overkill to call it off and now you can't even get into the country so uh good decision in retrospect uh, yeah that's right and I think Megler as well cancelled the India sourcing trip uh quite a few weeks ago we could really see the writing on the wall and a lot of us were obviously very concerned for the health of everybody that was going to go to India. But at the same time, we're also concerned that we may not be able to get out if we actually landed there. So um, it was a really good call and a very disappointing, obviously, outcome. But it has been at this stage rescheduled for October. So looking forward to that. Um, tell me about the situation there in Vietnam in relation to coronavirus. Is it uh, is it really diabolical or, or do, the, do the Vietnamese seem to have it under control a little bit like perhaps the Chinese seem to have got it under control? I mean, Vietnam's a little bit behind China, but in general, they've done a really good job of uh, kind of suppressing this. And I think it's because the people were very scared of this early on. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I went to Bali for a month, like last month, and just after we got there, so about seven weeks ago, they closed the schools in Vietnam mm-hmm. for four weeks, and well, since then it's been closed. So last seven weeks, all the schools have been closed. Um, everyone has been wearing masks, you know, ever since the first cough. So which I think is, you know, kind of a Vietnamese thing in general, Asian thing, wear masks when people are sick. So that's been pretty good. And um, yeah, I mean, the government's very on it. Like they're still tracing single cases here. So if someone gets it, they'll trace everyone they've talked to in the last two weeks and then test them and then test people in their family and then quarantine them, quarantine their family. Yeah, it's just a big job. Sounds like they got, they were very quick to jump on this. If they're closing schools seven weeks ago and here in Australia, we actually just closed our schools this week. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of countries that are way in front. I wonder if, was Vietnam actually affected by the SARS or MERS virus many years ago? And perhaps, because I know that with Hong Kong, Taiwan uh, and Singapore, given that they were so affected by some of those earlier viruses, they, they seem to jump on things pretty quickly. I mean, about SARS, I actually don't know. I haven't actually talked mm. to anyone. I mean, my wife, now wife, didn't uh, recommend, didn't mention anything about it. But I'm sure they were scared here because, you know, everyone's paranoid about that type of thing. And, you know, the Viet- Vietnamese, like seven weeks ago, they built a new hospital, the same as China was doing. And as far as I know, it's not full. But, you know, they built a hospital in, in South South Saigon uh, mm-hmm. just in case anything happened. Amazing. Mm. Prepping. Prepping. Um, yeah. All right. So good to hear that you're hunkered down and safe over there in Vietnam. Talk to us about what you're seeing on the ground from an Amazon perspective globally. So you've got hooks into Europe pretty tightly. You have clients in Europe and you also sell in the United States. What are you seeing there? Um, yeah, I mean, lots of crazy stuff changing every single day in Amazon in the Amazon space, both in Europe and the US. So, um, I mean, in Europe at the moment, Italy and France are not accepting like, kind of cross-border shipments. So anyone that doesn't isn't storing inventory in those countries is kind of going to have a massive hit on their sales um, because you know you can't use European fulfillment network to get it across the border anymore, and that's kind of a temporary thing. But no one knows how long it's going to go on for. No. Um, and then then there's just the the shipment delays in Europe as well. So same as same as happening in America. Like from day to day, we check listings and shipment maybe three days or maybe five weeks for delivery of a product, depending on how you know, what Amazon system is saying at that time. Mm. It seems to be prioritizing, doesn't it, for essential items only in terms of delivery, and it seems to be delaying non-essential items to to prime members or customers for delivery. Yeah. So, I mean, both not being able to ship in the goods in the US and Europe if they're not essential, but also, yeah, Amazon basically suppressing the listings if they're not in the right country. So, mm. yeah, it's going to hit some people pretty hard. Um, but then other categories are up higher. So, you know, some people are up, some people are down. It's hard to know mm. what to do. Bit of a luck of the category draw, isn't it, as to what you're actually selling on Amazon prior to this crisis. If you're selling something reasonably essential, you're, you know, you're rubbing your hands together with glee financially. Um, but for a lot of us, myself included, just totally tanked. Um, yeah, uh, it's a big lesson actually in diversification. Some updates from Lira and Hirschkorn actually this morning. He basically listed out about eight different things that he um, can, can confirm about Amazon. So they're pausing lending payments for anybody that's borrowing using Amazon lending. Uh, so that's paused until May the 1st, which is pretty good for a lot of sellers, particularly US-based sellers that can take advantage of Amazon lending. Um, Amazon's now asking affiliates not to send any more traffic to Amazon. So that's a 
big development there. The Vine program is also shut down for now. Um, we spoke about the fact that many items aren't shipping to customers until the end of April, so we have to sort of wait and see how that sort of pans out. A lot of essential items are out of stock. Well, yeah, let's go to any supermarket, and I don't think Amazon's any different. Um, receiving times for essential products are taking much longer than expected. So even if you are ordering something essential, um, it can take up to 14 days to receive those items, depending on where you are. The scary, Some of the scary things that he's reporting is that workers in several warehouses have been tested positive for coronavirus, and some have actually been shut down for deep cleaning. But in a way, I think Amazon's a little bit like the World Wide Web. Like if one node goes down, like a fulfillment center goes down, they sort of are able to typically fulfill from the others. They have a lot of redundancy in their system. So, you know, hopefully they can keep the show on the road. Um, Vendor Central, if you're a Vendor Central operator, purchase orders are either down or extremely or just cancelled. So that's sort of all over for anybody who's vendoring to Amazon. Coupons, uh, the ability to generate the little coupons, uh, that's gone at the moment. And also Merch by Amazon also announced this morning that they're no no longer uh, receiving any orders for Merch or not allowing sellers who are in the Merch by Amazon program to, you know, create new designs or create new listings. So it looks like they're uh, they're shutting down that facility altogether. (gasps) Take a deep breath. All right. Um, Is there anything else? (laughs) Sorry. You mentioned mentioned number two, um, Amazon asking affiliates not to send traffic. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that one, and that's going to affect a lot of people who are in the website business, like website oh, paying, if Amazon's yeah. stopping paying affiliate commissions. Yeah, that's enormous, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people are actually built quite big businesses, um, you know, with their SEO and their niched websites about, you know, various reviews of certain product categories or whatever. They make a lot of money out of the affiliate income that they earn from Amazon. So that, yeah, really does look like that's going to have a significant ripple out effect, isn't it? Yeah, that and and the big companies. I mean, like things like CNET and all those sites, they're all monetized with Amazon affiliates. That's how they make their money. So, like, yeah. all these companies are running off the back of Amazon. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just it just rippling out. So, you know, it's a it's a big stone that's going in a very small pond at the moment. Um, the now, listen, we know it's bad, and we know it's probably likely to get lost a lot worse in some places. Probably, hopefully fingers crossed at this stage that things might get better in some places but so let's try and focus on the positives and maybe work on some strategies for amazon sellers that are really in the middle of the crisis um so what kind of strategies are you recommending for amazon sellers at the moment who are really struggling right now can how do you recommend amazon sellers can they adapt can they pivot what do they hold on what what are are your thoughts around that topic well, I mean, it really depends in what way they're struggling. I mean, as all of us as business owners, I think the first thing for us to do is like shore up cash flow. So I mean, just make sure that, you know, we have enough personal expenses for us for the next, you know, nine to 12 months taken out of the business. And then, you know, then make sure that we are, our business is cash flowing positively. So, you know, trying the best way to protect the downside, make sure that, you know, if we can get, if we're a US company and we can get money off of SBA loan to prop up cash flow, or we can borrow money or we can prop it up, because at the end of the day, strategy doesn't matter as long, you know, if we run out of cash. So yeah. number one, take a step back, look at the strategy and take a deep breath and just figure out where we, where we really are. Because, you know, in order to know where we want to be and where we want to get to, you need to know where we are now. So, you know, even if we had no growth over the next year or no sales, like, could we survive? So that would be my number one thing, figure out you know, where we are right now. Mm. Um, I mean, then it's, 
you know, then it's figuring out from there. So do we have the cash flow to, you know, launch more products or spend money on advertising now? Is Amazon fulfilling our products? It's really, yeah, taking a step back and then figuring out what we can actually do with the resources that we have right now. And the resources could be, you know, customer lists. It could be, you know, listings we already have. It can be anything. So I kind of start from there. Yeah. And I think it also depends a lot on where you are in terms of your Amazon journey too, doesn't it? So if you're just starting out, you probably want to, you know, take a breather and just wait and see. Um, if, you're, if you're an established seller, then yeah, I think each circumstance is different for every single seller. Um, you know, this, at the moment, I guess in a way, I was just talking about me for a second, but I was kind of lucky last year. I got quite a big fright with a tax bill um, and I had to cut costs dramatically so I, I really pruned back hard last year to preserve capital um so you know things like jungle scout went um and a shout out to greg mercer who's a friend of mine sorry greg um but uh where was i going so yeah and i've also um suspended um you know lots of other software as a services as well like because it's really is death by a thousand cuts when you've got a lot of little expenses they all add up into a monthly quite a big kind of monthly outflow so i'm looking at every single way possible that i can avoid you know spending money where i don't need to anymore um i'm seeing a huge uptick in office products uh, i've got a friend of mine that's selling an office product that's going crazy uh groceries going bananas all sorts of weird and wonderful little categories but um the other thing that I'm seeing too is a, a bit of an uptick in some of the baby products. So I'm kind of trying to skate where the puck's going. I'm starting to think about where what is going to happen when this is up, when this is over because it will finish. It, you know, we'll, we'll be looking back on this uh, hopefully as a distant memory in the not too distant future. But you know, I expect like a baby boom in nine months' time. And I think a lot of people are going to be working from home with children. And so, you know, you can sort of Google things like, you know, working from home with toddlers and look at some of the ways that people are uh, working their way through those sorts of issues that they're facing, working from home with a newborn, uh, all those sort of keywords that I Google to find out, you know, really good uh, product solutions. And, of course, there's Pinterest. Um, so, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to find a way that I can diversify my business. Um, and product research has changed a lot. So, um, the tools, that's one of the reasons why Jungle Scout had to go for me was because the tools really just not doing it for me at the moment. I don't think you could really trust them. There are only a few features of some of the tools that I like to use at the moment. So I can, you know, some of the features of Helium 10, so, you know, sales charts, things like that, you can really see which categories are tanking and which categories are really benefiting just from the current sales chart. So anyway, if we can hang on, then what do you think the future is going to look like post coronavirus for e-commerce well i mean i think the the future post coronavirus is going to be amazing because you know after any kind of economic downturn economic depression there's going to be you know a huge upswing and you know as we talked about before like we think that you know more people are going to be buying even more things from home people that weren't already buying a lot of their things from home you know online will be buying even more of their things online so it's you know how we can how can we position ourselves to ride that wave of even more people buying things, even more people coming online. And it's also going to be a big opportunity for people who were, you know, really hurt during this downturn, just, to, you know, downturn to say like, this is, we don't want this to happen again. We want to protect ourselves. We want to make sure that we can make some money for ourselves. So, you know, having another stream of income is going to be really important for a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. you know, anything that, any products that we can do that would help people with that even, that's another 
thing which I think is going to go up massively, you know, whether it's contractor-based businesses or people actually physically, you know, doing something in order to earn extra income. I think all mm. those things are going to going to go crazy in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. And it's something that in some mastermind groups I'm a member of, we've been talking about and, you know, saying that all these people are going to come flooding into the marketplace, even, even maybe in the next couple of months, because some people have been sent home and you know, haven't got a job right now. So, you know, they're going to be, you know, sitting at home for a little while feeling sorry for themselves, but these people are going to want to get up and do something. No one's going to want to sit at home doing nothing for the next, you know, six months, 12 months. So, you know, can we help those people and how can we serve them best to, you know, help them get back on their feet, really? I totally agree with all those points and probably like to add as well that a lot of people that weren't traditionally buying online are now buying online because that's, for a lot of people, that's the only option they have right now. So there's a lot of people that are actually experiencing e-commerce for the very first time and, you know, Amazon's hiring another 100,000 staff in the United States to help with the demand that they're experiencing. Um Anecdotally, I'm hearing that there, there's been a huge spike in Prime memberships for Amazon in the United States and probably elsewhere. So you'd expect that after this, if governments can continue to support their citizens financially through this and there aren't too, many, too much carnage in terms of bankruptcies and stuff like that, that people might be able to you know, spend again and, and start to spin things up. I actually had a really great conversation the other day with a friend of mine who's a senior economist here in Australia and he consults quite a bit to government and one of the things that they've been talking about in their office is the fact that well they're they're kind of optimistic um, that things might spin back up fairly quickly after the after it's safe and the reason for that number one was because nothing's actually been damaged so typically there's a quite big economic boom after something like a war but, but there's a lot of rebuilding that needs to happen in order for the economic boom to occur. And in this case, nothing's actually damaged. Like machines are still sitting idle. Planes are just parked on the ground ready for a refuel and a, and a pilot and you know everybody else that's involved with that. So things could spin up quite quickly after this, provided that governments are in a position to be able to support their citizens through this. So, yeah, look, it's really, really interesting and tragic. And let's just hope that there is a really good outcome at the end of this. I'll stop now. Have you got any thoughts around any of that or anything else you'd like to add? Um, I don't know. The, I mean, the only interesting thing economically, which is something I, I watched yesterday, which was shared to me by a friend, was this um, economist who was very anti-bailout. So um, he was you know, talking about 2008 and how he was very anti-bailout in 2008 and how he's anti-bailout now. And he's like, you know, the government should be supporting the people, not supporting big business. Because a good an argument which he made, which I'd never really thought about before, but I thought was really interesting, is that big business doesn't need to be supported. Like big business can go out of business, and when a big business goes out of business, nothing disappears. You know, the assets are all still there. You know, airplanes don't disappear. You know, cars don't disappear. All this kind of thing. All that happens is the business changes hands. You know, the demand mm -hmm. is still there, and you know, someone else comes in and takes over the business. And that's what happens mm -hmm. when you know when a business goes bankrupt. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting and, you know, really interesting point of view that, you know, the government should just be helping people get through this. And then who cares if the big businesses go bankrupt? It's the small business that we have to, you know, protect and make sure that these people are taken care of. Yeah, I think that's an approach. I'm not sure what's happening in other areas of the world, but it sounds like in the UK, that's a, a similar approach. They're doing a very similar thing here in Australia at the moment. So 
they're also supporting landlords and folks that rent to try and uh, make sure that there's not a wholesale kind of collapse of the property market. There's a lot of stimulus going into, certainly into the Australian economy from the Australian government. Um, and I expect that's probably going to be, you know, there's two, what was it, $2 trillion announced by the United States. Uh, let me just, uh, what was my next question? Other things that sellers could actually be, let's get practical right now. What other things could sellers be doing to improve their business at the moment? That's a great question. So after they've you know shored up what they have already, I mean, stop looking for new things in order to save their business, like taking a step back and looked at cash flow and looked at like how long things can go on as they are. Well, I mean, traffic is up on the Amazon platform. So like we talked about earlier, I think it's up to the product category. Like is the category booming or is the category shrinking? If the category is shrinking, then we have to protect our profit margins and you know stop spending lots of money on advertising if it's not very profitable. Mm-hmm. And if the category is booming, then we have to, you know, increase our spends and, you know, push through the inventory and sell while we can. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I personally wouldn't be aiming to keep in stock. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be going, for, going for sales over in stock at the moment because everyone's going to run out of stock. You know, if we run out of stock, everyone else is going to run out of stock. So I'd want to move my inventory through into cash as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we still have access to more inventory, then I'd be getting more in- inventory in. Like now is not the time to to, you know, put business on hold uh, unless we're protecting ourselves, you know, financially. Like now's mm-hmm. the time to, you know, make sure that we still have a business to come back to in six to nine months time or 12 months time. Mm-hmm. Like this is a good opportunity for us to position ourselves so that, you know, we stay in business and also we thrive coming out of this thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, if things are a little quiet and perhaps things aren't booming for you, then these are the, some of the things that I'm working on is sort of listing optimization. I'm really starting to look back again at my A-plus listing content. Uh, I had a chat with John the other day from PickFu. I'm hoping to get him on the show uh, in the next week or so where I've been running some PickFu tests on my main images to try and, you know, uh, revive a few of the older listings. PPC optimization is a big one. In fact, not even PPC optimization. It's basically a lot of the ACOS is in my accounts and some of my clients' accounts have actually spiked. So really trying to cut back on a lot of the PPC and again, try and stop the bleeding there. And then just, of course, like learning and listening to podcasts and watching Danny McMillan, please people watch Danny McMillan's daily updates and broadcasts that he puts together some of the some of the greatest minds in the Amazon world and picks their brains over various topics every single day in relation to the crisis. There's a lot of courses, you know, I know that Freedom Ticket at the moment is free, um, I think. <laughs> so, you know, you could be sitting there listening to one of the greatest sellers on Amazon that's ever lived, which is Kevin King. And uh, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of things that you can be doing to improve your lot and not watching Netflix at home on the TV. Like just stay busy and stay focused. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, these are all, you know, all things you listed, just, you know, givens, like keep things moving, keep your business running as usual. And like, as you said, now we have more time people can take a step back and do the stuff which they've been neglecting, which are these are all things that we should be doing all day, every day, but we don't have time to do. That's right. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> uh, well, look, a lot of us probably don't have VAs anymore. Uh, um, you know, some of the clients that I've worked for have kind of let go of some of the VAs, so they're actually really rolling their sleeves up and relearning how to do a lot of stuff that their VAs used to do for them. So um, very important to create SOPs for your business so that you've got videos or, or you know, documented records of how to get stuff done. Um, so now's a really good time to do your SOPs or your standard operating procedures and have all those documented. Um, so there's just so many different things that you can be doing. So hopefully we've sparked a few ideas out there and, you know, just 
it's a very it's a very difficult time mentally for a lot of people. Um, they never none of us have really ever been through anything like this before, and it's very easy to get caught up in a funk. Um, I you know I implore you just to try and keep moving in your business because you know it is hard, but it's really important that we work together to get through this. And um, you know feel free to join my Facebook group over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook where we're really trying to help each other and support each other with as much advice as we can provide um, given the circumstances. So yeah. And, and you're saying about people letting VAs go. I mean, it's very soon to let people go. But um, if that's happening, then maybe in your Facebook group, you could perform, you could um, get kind of a database of all these VAs that people letting go. Because, you know, trained VAs yeah. are a great resource. And also, I'm sure they're looking for more work because um, everyone's stuck at home at the moment. So like anyone lets a VA go, get them to post it in your Facebook group. Because I'm sure there's other people who'd be dying to pick up trained VAs. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, that's a good point. You actually have, it's not really a VA service, you've got Seller Candy. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so uh, the most opportune time to launch a service. (laughs) (laughs) You poor poor man. Well, look, you've come and spent 25 minutes with me on the call, so go on, give it it a little, um, let's talk about it, Seller Candy. Cool. So, I mean, obviously my main business, Ecom DNA, we do, you know, full service Amazon account management for big brands. And, you know, one of the biggest problems we saw is that, you know, People and even people in these brands, like you know, marketing managers, still didn't want to do all of the small, low-level Amazon stuff themselves, and they didn't want to learn it all because you know it's a real pain, isn't it? Raising cases to Seller Central all day and following up and making sure everything's closed out. Yep. Um, and then other you know other people that come and talk to me who couldn't afford our main service just wanted somebody to basically make Seller Central easy to use for them. Mm-hmm. It's like not having to hire VAs and train them and then manage them and you know train them how to do every little tiny little thing. So what we did is we came up with a service, which is basically like having your own Seller Central personal assistant, um, you know, for a similar price that, that you'd hire a VA, you can have somebody that requires no management and can do anything on the Amazon platform and mm-hmm. is outcome driven. So, you know, you want something done, they won't just raise a case, they'll follow up on that case until they push it through on the Amazon system, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, following up on a case, whether it's calling Amazon support when they're open um, or anything like that. So, you know, we kind of launched this a few weeks ago in beta and we've had a few test users trying it out and we've been building, building up to having more and more users. So we're pretty much ready now to you know, take on some more users. So anybody mm. that's looking for help on Amazon Seller Central, they can go to sellercandy.com, which is, you know, seller, S-E-L-L-E-R, candy, C-A-N-D-Y.com mm. and register for our beta. And then we basically jump on a call with them, see if they're a good fit for the service. And, you know, we have packages starting from under 400 bucks up to, I think, 1000 if you want a coaching call with uh, Amazon Expert included. Right. And, yeah, it's just a way of us trying to serve the community and be able to help more people um, at mm. a high level than we do already. Sounds really good. Um, so what are you, you're just setting tasks and just saying, hey, um, helper or seller candy helper, VA, can you do this or, or are they actually actively kind of managing your account? Well, so we do, we, mon- we monitor for issues. So we monitor, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year. So if there's any problem with the account, we're told about it and we can actually proactively fix it. Or we can tell you that there's a problem depending on what we're told to do. Yep. Um, we don't do customer service at this time, but we do everything else. So, you know, a listing gets suspended, something goes down, we'll, t- we'll research it, tell you why, help you fix it. So it's, you know, we're kind of an all out there, you know, it's like having a VA, but we're much more skilled. 
because we, you know, we have Western managers and we have an outsourced back team, but everyone's in office together mm. or, or was. Everyone's currently working from home, but everyone was in an office together up until a couple of weeks ago and they will be again in a couple of months. So our whole team is sitting in the same office. Great stuff. Yeah, that's good when you've got that because then there's a lot of cross-pollination of ideas and um, yeah, issues and resolutions and solving. And yeah, it's good. How do we get in touch with you, John? Well, um, many ways. You can uh, you can email me at you know john at ecomdna.com, which is ecomdna.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can check out my new podcast once it's live, being that I'm stuck at home all the time. Uh, we were talking about this earlier this week. I've we committed to actually launching my podcast, which is going to be called the Location Independent Startup Show. Love it. Look out for that in the next couple of weeks once we've got our first couple of episodes live. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's quite frightening to get your first one out, but once you get going, it's kind of fun. I really, I love this part of my life. So um, yeah, it's terrific. So good on you and yeah, don't be scared. Hop in. The water's boiling. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's, thank you very much for, again for coming on the show. Um, as always, I'm grateful to you and good luck and keep your head down, stay apart and uh, self-isolate. Please, be, please stay safe. All right, John, thanks again for coming on, man. Talk to you soon. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.